This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, anybody know what we're talking about? That doesn't sound like anybody knows it. Wow. I think I want to go home. (laughs) In pursuit of God. Everybody say, in pursuit of God. Anybody doing that? Or am I wasting my time? I hope not. Isaiah 35, I want to read a couple of scriptures as we introduce this. I know I kind of caught you off guard there, I hope. I hope somebody's listening. You know, today we're going to about, we're going to, finish up this series, and uh, by no means have we exhausted this topic, but we're going to talk about finding our way. We've talked about different aspects of the pursuing God, but you know, we have to find our way, don't we? You know, most of us, if, especially if we got a newer vehicle, everybody, you got GPS in your, we got it on our phones, we got it on our cars and everything. It's, it's a wonderful thing. It's, a, it's a, a modern marvel. I mean, especially if you're going somewhere you haven't been before, you can put in the address and that global positioning satellite, man, it's going to make sure you don't get lost. You get right where you need to go. Well, I think that God's got a GPS too. If we will just plug it in. You know, now, in our particular vehicle, everybody's vehicle is a little bit different, but there's a little place down there where the, you know, it's got the little... Uh, uh, well, I don't know what you call it, where you plug it in right there, the the little card, little info card for your map, you know, that helps operate your GPS. And sometimes, you know, if we're on a trip and stuff, we got stuff stuffed down everywhere, you know. And all of a sudden, that thing goes out, and you're like, what's going on? It's messed up on us. What's going on? And you find out that something bumped that little card because, you know, it's spring-loaded, and it popped out. So it's not making contact. So if it's not making contact, the connection to the system, that global satellite is not making any contact. So without any contact, nothing shows up on my screen. With nothing on my screen, I don't know where I'm going. A lot of Christians, that's the way they are. They don't know where they're going. I'm going to church. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But listen, God wants us to find our way. He wants us to know exactly how to pursue Him, how to come into His presence. Isaiah 35, verse 8. He said, and the highway will be there. Hallelujah. God's got a highway. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. You know what Jesus said? I am the way. <laughs> he is the way, isn't He? You know, if you read in the Acts in the early days, you know, that's what Christianity was referred to first, was the way. Hallelujah. I, I want to be on the way, not in the way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. Amen. I want to be in the way. And then Isaiah 42, one more scripture here as we introduce this. Verse 16, you can just turn right over there. He said, I will lead the blind by ways they've not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. Now listen, as we pursue God, this is why this is so important. As we pursue God, we may be going 
uh, you know, on a route we've never been on before. Amen? I remember when we, we, were, uh, uh, we were in France, and I was driving there in France. Well, it, it was my first time to be in France. And I was driving on the roads there. Man, we were having a great old time, you know. We didn't get lost one time. You know why? GPS in English. <laughs> Hallelujah. It was wonderful. I mean, we, Cindy and I, we'd never been to those places before. I'd never been on those roads before. I didn't know where the, uh, how the gas stations worked and all that kind of stuff. I was in a strange land. I was in a different land. I was in a, they did things differently. But because I had GPS, I knew the way. And even though, uh, you know, without it, I would have been just like this. I would have been like a blind man on the road. But God says, I've got a guidance system for you. He said, I'm going to guide you even in unfamiliar ways. Listen, we want to uh, begin to plumb the depths of God. We want to move into a knowledge and understanding of God, His heart, His ways. And I want to move beyond what I've known. I don't want to just do the daily commute. You know? I just don't, don't want to run on autopilot. You know, I want to be on a new way where I'm, you know, I'm taking in new scenery. I'm looking at new stuff, man. When we were there in France, we were like, look at that. Look at that. Wow. 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 Some Christians, you know, God's got to be so old hay to you. Nah. All right. That's not my message, but it could be. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them. That's what some people need. You need the light turned on. You know, you go into a dark room, you stub your toe, you bump into the wall, you knock things over. Why? You don't have any light. You ever tried to drive at night? This reminds me one time when I was in college, long time ago. I had a 67 Valiant. Anybody remember those things? Three on the tree, slant six. I know you old enough to remember. <laughs> man, oh man. What a jalopy. Oh, my gosh. Burned more gas than it did oil. I mean, more oil than it did gas. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, man. I just kept extra quarts in the car with me. And, you know, it was, it was what we used to call three on a tree. You young folks don't know about that. You can Google it. You know, straight shift. First, second, third, you know, and then reverse. But, you know, <laughs> we call it three on a tree. But, the, I mean, it was so worn out. The linkage on that stuff was so worn out. You know, that it, ever so often, and pretty regular, it'd just get hung up where you couldn't get it in or out of any gear. I got to where I could, if it happened, I could, I could stop at a red light, pop the hood, get the linkage free, get back in it before the light changed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, living high in those days, boy. <laughs> just an old beater. Just an old beater car. And I remember one time I was, I was going back to, to school, and, I, it, and this, it, in this particular time where I, where I got my B.A. was up in Jack, at Jack State, up in North Alabama. Some of you may be familiar. There's some mountains up there. Well, you know, I was, I'd, I'd been home visiting, you know, and I, I was going back, and I went back that afternoon, and it got dark on me. It started getting dark on me about the time I started getting up in the foothills there in North Alabama. So I switched on the lights. The engine went dead. I turned off the lights, the engine would start back. 
<laughs> Boy, what a conundrum that was. I was like, what in the world is going on? It had an electrical, some, something was wrong with the electrical system, but it, <laughs> man, oh man. Now, that's a conundrum to be in. It's either drive blind or go nowhere. A lot of Christians are in that position. You ain't got no light. <laughs> you can't see where you're going. <laughs> you know, so I remember I finally, the, the last miles of that thing, I'd have, to, I'd have to turn the lights off and hang my head out the side and drive real slow. And when, when a car started coming, you know, I'd have to pull over and pull on the lights so they wouldn't hit me and the engine would stop. It took me forever to get back. Mm. So God's got a guidance system for us. And I promise you, His is not like that old jalopy of mine. His works fine. His always works. Amen. But here's the thing. We've got we've to understand it and find our way. Amen. So uh, we read there. He said He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. But in John 6, you know this scripture, but we're going to read it anyway. Because sometimes we need to read it, even though we know it. 663, Jesus said this. He said, the Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. So here's the thing. If we're going to find our way, the first thing we have to understand is, you are what you eat. Now, we've heard that said you know, in the natural, with our health, you know, and we've, uh, in, in recent years especially, we're, we're a lot more cognizant of the, of the benefits of eating healthy and not eating healthy than we've ever been before. And so we, you know, uh, our doctors, man, if you go see the doctor, I'm telling you first thing, you know, how are you eating? Are you eating right? Are you exercising right? You know, all those things are important, but it's true spiritually too. See, a lot of people, you're feeding yourself on junk food all the time. Amen. You know, the thing about junk food is, is that it tastes so good to your flesh. Isn't that right? Man, I love them spiritual tater chips and roasted peanuts and, yeah, milkshakes. And I'm gone to meddling in. But here's the thing about junk food. If you eat too much junk food, it will add weight. That's true naturally, isn't it? Add weight. I have to watch it. I'll tell you, in the natural, my favorite junk food is ice cream. Oh, my gosh, I love ice cream. What are you nodding your head over there for? <laughs> I love ice cream. I had to watch it, boy. I love ice cream. It'll put the weight on you. But spiritually, see, we have to understand this. If, if, if we take and feed our flesh, our fleshly appetites too much, it adds weights to us. And Jesus just said the flesh is not going to profit you. There's no profit in the junk food. It just adds, it's empty calories, and it just will add weight on you. And we know this, Hebrews 12 says, says that, that we need to get rid of some of the weight, not put on some weight. I'm talking about in that area. Isn't that true? Because he said it will hinder your walk and your, your walk and your race of faith, it will hinder your relationship with God. So I'm going to tell you what, you, you let that flesh out of the cage. Hello, don't look at me so holy. You got a body too. You let, that, you let those appetites run wild on you. And I'm telling you, 
They will rule the roost if, they, if you let it. Come on. Paul says, I, even Paul, I mean, he, I mean, we would definitely say most of us would believe that Paul was a spiritual person, wouldn't we? Well, he said, I have to keep my body under. I have to keep my bodily appetites under. He said, because he said, I, he said after I preach to others, he said, I don't want to get disqualified in the race. Amen. Amen. You know, you know, in a in a prize fight, you know, they they weigh the the boxers before, you know, a prize fight because in each category, if they exceed the weight, they are disqualified from fighting in that that fight. You know, if you're a welterweight, you go in there and you weigh out at 240, you're not going to get to fight. You're disqualified. You've moved up to the heavyweight. <laughs> Amen. And even in the heavyweight division, if a guy came in there, he was weighing like 315. I mean, you know, for box, that's, that might be great if you're an NFL lineman, but that ain't good in the boxing ring. Amen. So we need to understand junk food. And then something I call soul food. Woo, I love soul food. Come on now. Don't y'all look at me in that tone of voice. You know you like that fried chicken. You know you like that Popeyes. Don't go. I don't give any. You like them biscuits. Woo! Cheese biscuits. Biscuits with butter. Biscuits with honey. Biscuits by themselves. <laughs> Bacon biscuits. <laughs> Woo! Man, them them peas. You know, put a little fat back in them. You know, we like our soul food, don't we? Well, you know, it's got a little more value, food value in it than junk food is. But still, we need to eat that in moderate amounts too. You know, soul food is found at the table of friends and families. That's, you know, where we fellowship with one another. And we need fellowship and we, uh, all of that. And that's good. But, you know, that's still, that's just, that's feeding the soul part of us. That's feeding our emotions. And that's, that has its place. We eat it moderately, though. But what we really want to get down to is the spiritual food. We want to eat at the Lord's table. See, that's where I want to eat because that's what's going to feed my spirit. Jesus said that's where life is. And see, if I feed those other two more than I feed my spirit, it's going to be hard for me to hear what the Spirit is saying. It's going to be difficult for me. Uh, you know, your flesh, listen, your flesh does not like to worship. Your flesh does not like to pray. My flesh wants to watch the ball game. Look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> or whatever it is that you like to do. Your flesh wants to shop. It don't want to pray. Come on. You get down to pray, your flesh will even say, you know, you got some chores there you need to do. And normally my flesh would never say that. <laughs> my flesh would say, ah, you can put those off. But see, if we don't feed our spirit, spiritual food, those other two areas will dominate us. And we'll never make any spiritual progress. I didn't say that God didn't love you. I didn't say that you weren't going to heaven. I just said that if we're talking about being in pursuit of God. Amen? You ever seen anybody run a race in a Barca lounger? Man, I was, we were in Costco this weekend, and we were shopping. I was helping Cindy shop. We were in there. I saw this guy wheeling up, you know, one of these big things. It said on a Barca lounger. I thought, man, I know where he's going. <laughs> I started to go over there and say, you going to break that in this weekend? But I didn't. But see, we, if we're going to run our race, we've got to have the spiritual strength and the stamina. We've got to get our spirit to rise up and put our flesh under. 
I knew that would go over. All right. How do we do that spirit life food? By reading the Word. By studying the Word. By meditating on the Word. We put it in us. 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 How many of you plan to eat, eat today after church? Well, what do you want to do that for? Didn't you eat last Sunday? Man, I tell you what, I, that eating stuff's pretty regular with us, isn't it? Well, listen, this eating stuff here, it ought to be pretty regular with us too. Uh, we're talking about finding our way. This is God's GPS. See, I told you, you know, see, it, it takes different parts. You know, that little, little card I got, you know, that plugs in. Yours probably does the same way. It, it plugs in there, you know. That's got all the information on it to connect to the satellite, which is wide up in the heavenlies. Well, here's the thing. If you don't have loaded in your card, in your life, in your vehicle, the Word of God, then what's, how's it going to connect to God in the heavenlies? All right, secondly, the heart of intimacy, and I mentioned this before, but I want to expand on it today, is prayer. Yeah, I said it. It's prayer. It's prayer. You, listen, if you're not going to pray, just forget everything you've heard all this month, and just, you know, I don't know what to tell you, because I, I don't know, you know. That's like me trying to tell you how to drive your car with no tires on it, don't put any gas in it, never change the oil. I mean, it's impossible. Let me just mention some prayers, aspects of prayers, if you will. The prayer of worship. The prayer of worship. Psalm 29. Listen, the more, you, you know, how many of you enjoy when we come in here, Vicky and Willie, they lead us in worship. Isn't that wonderful? Did you know it could be more wonderful if you were more of a worshiper? Come on. See, we've been, we've been trained, or we've allowed ourselves to be trained, or we've trained ourselves, you know, okay, okay, I'm going, the pastor's job is to feed me. The worship team's job is to, you know, move me into worship. And man, if I, if I, if I don't feel like the, the Spirit of God's moving, something's wrong with them. No, maybe something wrong with you, honey. Amen. You know. Electricity will flow real good until it meets something that, that resists it, like rubber. <laughs> Amen. You can say, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong with electricity? It doesn't, it doesn't flow. No, I'm telling you what happened. It got to you, and you don't conduct it. Worship gets to you, and you don't conduct it. Because, because you don't practice it. You have to practice this. I call it the prayer of worship. We just At home, you need to worship God. Get in your prayer closet. Get in your car. Get somewhere where you feel free and just worship God. Worship Him. Listen to this in Psalm 29 too. I love this. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to His name. Are you doing that? Are you doing that? Not just Sunday morning. 
If all you're doing is Sunday morning worship, I'm going to tell you, this 15, 20 minutes, this, that's like every time you go to the gas tank, you know, to go to the gas pump to fill up your car, you just put a quart, quarter's worth of gas in. How far are you going to get on that? <laughs> well, I put 50 cents worth in. Prayer of worship. <laughs> we know this in Acts 13. This is where God speaks to us. In Acts 13, it says, you know, that there were uh, there in Antioch certain prophets and teachers. Remember that? You know the Scripture there in verse 1. talks about, you know, Saul being among them. And it says, as they, and Barnabas, and it says, as, as they ministered to the Lord. Actually, it says, as they worshiped the Lord and prayed, the Holy Spirit spoke. You want the Holy Spirit to speak more? Then you worship more. Be a worshiper. Oh, just be a lover of God. Love on God. It's not hard to worship. Just practice it. Just tell Him what you think of Him, how good He is, how wonderful He is. You just start doing that, and you get lost in worship. You see, this is prayer. Actually, it's the highest form of prayer. Because this is the atmosphere God will begin. He'll start talking back to you. He'll start telling you some secrets. He'll start letting you in on His plans. He'll start giving you some answers to problems you're facing. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Then what I call listening prayer. Waiting in His presence. After you've worshipped, after you've poured out your heart, then listen. Sometimes you just got to shut up and listen. Listen. Boy, it, it's hard. Yeah, I, I challenge you. Try to get still and quiet for 15 minutes. No phone. No computer. No tablet. None of that. Turn off the TV. All of that. And just get quiet and listen for 15 minutes. I'm telling you, when you first start, your flesh is like... <laughs> your mind like... You see that gerbil on the wheel? <laughs> you have to practice it. Because we, are, we don't realize how overstimulated we are in our society. Oh, my goodness. And you know, here's the thing. Your emotions and your flesh, they get addicted to that stimulation. And when we don't have it, we're still... You know, I've told you before, one of these days, that we're going to get through with the worship, and I'm just going to sit over there and not do anything. I mean, it, people talk, what's wrong with the pastor? Somebody ought to be doing something, saying something. Come on, am I telling the truth? We wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> listening prayer. Amen. Just listening in His presence. Remember Jeremiah 33.3. Now, we remember that first part where it says, Call unto me and I will answer thee. But then he says, and show you great and mighty things that you know not. Now, I don't know. You know, did anybody, has anybody watched any of the debates? Don't worry, I'm not getting political. But I will say this. Make sure you register to vote. Pray, educate yourself, and go vote. But, you know, especially that first debate, I mean, when I was talking over each other. Oh, man, I'm telling you what. That was, that, that was tedious. To watch. But you know, here's the thing. I wonder how God feels. He's trying to get a word in edgewise while we're praying, and we just won't shut up. We're talking over Him all the time. 
interrupting him, butting in. Come on. <laughs> Sometimes we need to just shut up and listen. You know, in that second, second debate, they got a little smarter. They got the mute button. <laughs> I thought, you know, it's a funny thing because we were talking about that very thing. I thought, we thought, well, why don't they just put a mute button on <laughs> And, and lo and behold, they did. You know, sometimes, I'm, you know, God was, you know, we need to put a mute button on ourselves and just listen. Listen to what God, what is God saying to you? When's the last time you had a fresh word from God? Don't answer that. To me. Then praying the word. This one we're probably most familiar with. But praying the word especially. Go through the, the epistles, the letters of Paul, and pray those prayers over there in Ephesians 1 and Colossians 1 and Ephesians 3 and over in Philippians. And just pray those out. And then other times what I'll do, I'll get over here in Psalms and I'll be reading a psalm, one or two psalms, and I'll just start meditating on it all of a sudden. And I mean, just I just make a prayer out of some of that. God, just like David was saying here, lead me with your eye upon me. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Oh, yeah. Woo, man, I'm telling you. I just have a good time with the Lord. Praying the Word. Just pray the Word. You say, I don't know what to pray. Oh, my God. Now, you know, don't go over there where it says, Lord, smite their teeth and break their jaw. That's not the spirit we're of. You understand that, don't you? That's not a spirit. You know, you know, to, uh, you know, they wouldn't. You know, one time Jesus was going through Samaria, and they they wouldn't. You know, they didn't want to let him listen to him or have anything to do with him. You know, two of his disciples said, "Lord, shall we call down lightning?" He said, "You don't know what spirit you're of." That's not our spirit. Whoa! I woke everybody up there, didn't I? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, that's not the spirit we're of, is it? We're not of that spirit. There's enough critics in the world. There's enough judgmentalism in the world. I mean, man, we want, we want to be some healers. We want to be some reconcilers, don't we? I mean, that's, that's, that's what I want to spread. And then praying in the spirit. Look in 1 Corinthians over there, 14, real quickly. My time is running down. 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 2, he says, For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Amen. Speaks to God. So, you know, if you, if you pray in the Spirit, if you pray in other tongues, listen, it, you know, the primary place we should be doing that is in our prayer closet at home. Amen. Between me and God. Amen. And listen, that doesn't make you more spiritual. That just means that you have accessed uh, an area that God has provided for you. You know, and I'm telling you what, biggest room in my life is a room for improvement. I surely hadn't arrived. I don't, I don't have, I don't know all the, the deep things of God and all that. But you know what I do have, I want to use. And so if you pray in other tongues, if you pray in the Spirit, listen, he said, you're speaking to God. That's got to be a good thing. I mean, if it's helping me speak to God, that's got to be a good thing. Don't you agree? Whether we understand it, whether we know how, how this works, or whether we agree with all the theology, if it's something that's helping me in my relationship with God, it must be good. He says, no one, talking about people, understand Him. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Mysteries by the Spirit. You're speaking divine mysteries. 
Amen. Now let's look, look down there uh, because I don't have time to go through all this. Down in verse 13. He said, for this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So we all understand what it is to pray with your mind. We formulate thoughts based on the information and the knowledge we have, and we pray out. And that's good. We should do that. You should do that. Amen. But he said we can also pray with the Spirit. So there must be two different things he's talking about here. He's talking about something coming out of your, in your innermost being, your, your spirit, where the Holy Spirit resides. And he says there, there is an operation of the Holy Spirit where we can what? We can pray from our spirit and we speak divine mysteries to God. Then he said you can ask God to give you the interpretation, the insight to your prayer, and then you know what? Your mind will be edified. Romans 8. Look over there real quickly. I don't have time to get into this in detail, but skipping the rock. You go look it up. Verse 26, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. There's times when you don't know, I don't know what to pray for. Everything that's going on in this nation, in the world, in the realm of the Spirit, in this church, in your lives, in my life. <laughs> I've got a lot I'm praying for. <laughs> How about you? Seems like my prayer list just gets longer and longer. For our missionary partners around the world. So sometimes, you know, I pray what I know to pray with my mind. But sometimes, you know, it goes so far. But then that's when, I, man, I can jump over and pray in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to help me to pray for you, to pray for me, to pray for them, to pray for this city, to pray for our nation. And I know if He's helping me pray, it's going to be right. It's going to be God's will. It's going to be God's plan. We're talking about finding our way as we pursue God. He says, he says, the Holy Spirit, we not, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Notice, He's talking about the Holy Spirit who searches our hearts, knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So when I'm praying in the Spirit, when you're praying in the Spirit, we're praying by the help of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to be praying in the perfect will of God. Wow. Man, I like hitting the bullseye, don't you? See, sometimes with my mind when I pray, it, it, sometimes I hit the bullseye. Sometimes I may be, you know, just a little bit down here. But when I pray in the Spirit, boom, boom. All right. Let me share some more things real quickly that's going to help us. If we're going to pursue God and we're going to find our way accurately and not be just, you know, groping around and going up blind alleys and, and dead-end streets and all, but we're talking about, you know, just like that GPS in your, your car. If it's working properly, I mean, when you plug that thing in, you'll never make a wrong turn. Amen. Now, if, if you don't listen to it, turn it off. Well, I don't way. Okay, not head. Yeah, you know the way. The first thing is this, absolutely essential. Humility. 
Because the Bible says God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the... And what is it that transforms me? Grace. How do I come to God? Grace. How was I saved? Grace. How am I healed? Grace. How am I blessed? Grace. What is the throne of God called? The throne of... You might need that and you've got to be humbled. You know, in, in Numbers 12, it says about Moses, he was the most humble man on the planet. In his day, he was the most humble man on the planet. He talked to God face to face. He had the glory of God on his face reflected. Whew. And he'd go to the tent of meeting, and the cloud, the glory cloud of God would come down. And he'd talk to Moses there face to face. And all the people would come out, in the, you know, in their doorways of their tent just to watch it. Wow. And, you know, isn't it the same way if we hear about God moving somewhere? Brownsville, Toronto, wherever it might be. We're like, and we all come out in the doorway of our churches to look. Well, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to look out. I'm glad for everywhere God's moved, but I don't want to just, you know, come to the doorway of my church and look out what God's doing over there. I want God doing it here. I want God doing it in me and you in this church in this city. Why not? Why not? Jesus came from Nazareth. He didn't come from Rome. He didn't come from Jerusalem. He didn't come from uh, Alexandria, Egypt. He didn't come from Athens, Greece, all the great geopolitical centers and cultural centers of the world. He came from backwater Nazareth. That encourages me. I was raised in a backwater place. <laughs> humility, though. We must have humility. If you're going to come to God, you've got to be humble. You've got to know, you know what? I need God. I need God. I, you know, uh, yeah. I met with God yesterday. I met with God two days ago. But you know what? I need God today. I need God. I need more of God. I need to know His mind. I need to know His heart. I need to know His will. I need to have His strength. I need to have His grace. I need to have His power. I need to have His wisdom. I don't want to do this thing in my own strength. You ever tried to do it in your own strength? I did that. I had some of that. I didn't like it. And Of course, and I'm not going to belabor this one. Hunger, we've already talked about that. But the next one, real quickly, and I have to close with this, is obedience. And here's particularly where I'm going with that. Two phrases. Grieve not, quench not. Grieve not, quench not. You want God to be your friend? You want God to show up as you pursue Him? You want God to spend time with you? Grieve not, quench not. Grieve not is when we do things that we know we ought not to do that are wrong. See, you could come to me. I, you know, I've used this humorous illustration before. But you could come to me and say, you know, Pastor, boy, I really like you. I love you. But, man, I just hate your wife. It ain't going to go far. Me and you ain't going to be friends. I'm telling you right there. That's, that, that's just about the end of it right there. We laugh about that. But listen, how many times we say, God, boy, I love you. You are so wonderful. You are so awesome. I hate that person over there. They did me wrong. I'm going to get even. I don't like How you think? You 
you think God's going to say, okay, yeah, me and you are going to be really good buddies. I don't think so. You, we, we grieve the Holy Spirit. We're, we're critical. We're judgmental. We won't forgive. We carry a grudge. We gossip. Then we want to be big buddies with God. It ain't going to work, honey. Listen, I'm, try, I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to help you. It ain't going to work. Grieve not. Paul, Paul wrote, he said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit by which you were sealed until that day of promise. You want to have fellowship with the Spirit of God? You want to, you want, uh, we're talking about finding our way. You better not, don't grieve. Grieve not. And the other one is quench not. And that is what, when I fail to do what I know is right. The reason a lot of people aren't enjoying more of the blessings of the new covenant is they're quenching the Spirit through disobedience. Come on. Oh, Pastor, tell me how wonderful I am. <laughs> well, you are wonderful. But here's the thing, you know, you may need some oil in your crankcase. I'm trying to help you find your way. Amen. <laughs> Fail to do what is right. First Thessalonians 5. Turn over there real quick. My time is up. Let me just read a scripture here. I could camp out here, but I don't think there's really any need, is there? <laughs> we all get it. First Thessalonians 5, verse 19. He says, do not quench the Spirit. Unbelief quenches the Spirit. Fear quenches the Spirit. Hate quenches the Spirit. Come on. Putting myself before others quenches the Spirit. <laughs> Come on. When all my Christian life is just about me, I'm quenching the Spirit. Boy, I'm telling you, the longer I go, the less the amen again. <laughs> Don't worry. God still loves you. God still loves you. I'm just trying to help you. That's all. We're talking about finding our way. Listen, you know, it's, it's, you know, sometimes, you know, it's not the heel that gets us. It's the rock in our shoe. Isn't that true? We're complaining about the heel being steep, but I'm telling you what, if you get some of these, you know, little pebbles out of your shoe, some of those attitudes, that grudge, that, all those things, you know, you get them out of your shoe, I'm telling you what, you can climb the hill a lot better. All right, let me, let me give you some action points. Really, I'm going to suggest some reading lists for you. I'll tell you what, educate yourself spiritually, just like you have done, many of you have done. You know, you know we got people in here, man, they got, you got more degrees than a thermometer, and I salute you. And I, I don't say that, that, you know, listen, you worked hard for that. I understand that. And in the right way, you should be proud of that. That's fine. I, you know, others have, learned, have, have developed skills and, and trades and, and, and all that's good. But listen, what about spiritually? Do we ever invest in ourselves? When's the last time? Don't raise your hand. Don't say just to yourself. But when's the last time that you bought a book that would feed your spirit or would help you in understanding of some things where you feel like you are lacking? 
Man, we take online courses, we do this, we do that, all that's fine. But what about spiritually? All right, let me just give you these real quickly, and they're probably going to put them up on the screen as I do it. The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. If you've not read, I'm telling you, I highly recommend these books. They will help you in your spiritual walk. Of course, we understand the Word of God. I mean, that goes without saying. That's always. But these, I'm telling you, as your pastor, I can recommend these books without reservation. I've read them. I've looked through them. I've studied them myself. They are good, good books. They're not going to lead you astray. The second one is Relentless Pursuit by Antonio Baldovinos. It is good. And then the last one, which is a classic that's been around for uh, probably a couple of hundred years, Experiencing the Depths of Jesus Christ. By Jean Guillaume. If you want to pursue this topic of pursuing God further, I recommend highly these three books. You can find them online. You can find you can get them, read them, get your Bible out with them, read through them, meditate on them. The truths that are in there, apply them. Be doers of the Word. Amen. Be doers of the Word, not just hearers. Listen, and your life will be what? Enriched. And here's the thing. When your life is enriched, everyone around you that's in your circle will be enriched. Why was Jesus so attractive? <laughs> we all know why. Don't we? I mean, it's who He was. And a lot of that was what? His relationship with the Father. It was, it was it, something came out from him. All the, all the qualities of eternal life, Zoe life, all the qualities of, of the Son of God, of the Father God, love, grace, truth, power, healing, forgiveness, all those things, all those things, mercy, all we could be here all day, make a list from here down to South Florida. But that's what attracted people, wasn't it? Well, bow your heads. Let's pray. My time is up. I'm sorry I went over a little bit today. Forgive me. Father, today, Lord, we're concluding the study, but Father, I pray that we will not be concluding our pursuit of you. And that, Father, as we move out in faith, you said those that come to you must believe, must have faith. Lord, as we come to you and follow after you, Father, we know this. You're going to lead us. You said you'd lead the blind in ways they've not known. You said you would make a way where there was no way. That we could travel on the highway that you've made. The highway of holiness. The highway of faith. The highway of love. The highway of pursuing after you with all of our heart. Father, I pray that my brothers and sisters will be encouraged in their pursuit of you. Lord, that they... Uh, there will be a hunger and a thirst that's stirred up in them, Father, that's greater than anything they've ever known before. I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here today and you need prayer for anything, as we normally do during this time, we're just going to ask you to stand wherever you are. If you need healing in your body, if, you, if, if it's about uh, finances, if it's about a new job you need, or whatever it might be, just stand right where you are. We're going to pray for you.
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you.